is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. It's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers, Mike Vendis joining us here, Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, I guess, here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Happy Tuesday, the Jason Walker Show, presented by Capital Collision Center and inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave Big Show coming up today. Uh, but this is going to be a great show. Might be the best show we've ever done because it's the one we're doing right now. So um, we're going to talk to Jim Carr, president of the NAI, that's for sure. Uh, Josh Margolis will join us from Haver, talk about Haver Public Schools and athletics up there. And uh, also uh, on this day in history and a bunch more. And, uh, but we're going to get right to it because MHSA came out with some new rules today. We're not new rules, but, um, new, uh, rulings. And basically what they've done is pushed, uh, winter sports back three weeks from November 19th to December 7th. Now competitions will start at the uh, beginning of the 2021. And no one better to chat about that than, uh, the head coach of the Capitol Boys basketball team, Guy Omquist. Coach, how are you? I'm good, Jason. How are you doing? Thanks uh, for having me. Well, yeah, I, uh, it's been a while since we've chatted. So uh, now that I, I don't golf with you anymore, so it's kind of tough to, to get a hold of you. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish I could spend a little more time out there, but that that just isn't the case. So. That darn work gets in the way sometimes. That and uh, four kids. Uh, I've got my hands full. So. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, Coach, um, before I ask you about the Lakers or any of that, the new uh, stuff coming out from MHSA, uh, the board today that the winter sports being pushed back three weeks. Uh, what's your initial thoughts? Well, my, my gut reaction when I saw it, first, I, I sort of felt, you know, everybody could kind of feel that that something like this may be coming down uh, the road. But my gut reaction is it's a good move. Um, I think, you know, I don't think the the kids uh, will miss much. Uh, they'll actually be able to have uh, Thanksgiving at home with their families and and uh, I think whatever allows us to have some form of a season, I'm going to be in favor of. And obviously with a spike of cases across the state, whatever the cause may be, um, and, and being in schools probably has to be part of that. Uh, I think if we can just hit that reset button a little bit and uh, then come back in December and, and, and go forward, uh, that might be a good move. So my gut reaction was it's a positive in terms of uh, – Maybe it'll help us with COVID and also just uh, try and guarantee our, our kids a season. And that seems to be the question mark right now is because the winter sports are played indoors, and we've seen a lot with volleyball across the state this year with postponements or whatnot, uh, but basketball, wrestling, close contact sports that are indoors, um, I, I mean, I, th- I think this is a good idea. And like you said, it's just it, we hope these kids get to have a season. Uh, and essentially, in the long run, Two things. One, it means that these kids um, 
they're going to you could lose what three maybe four games before the the holidays. Mm-hmm. Four games. Yep. Okay. Um, and those are non-conference yeah. games, and I think those are probably going to be scrapped altogether, or, or now you have to work on a schedule again. Yeah, you know, I haven't heard either way. Um, we, we certainly, until today, have been planning on going forward with the whole schedule. Uh, I took a look at the calendar, and, you know, there, there is a way to, if we played two games a week, uh, which double-A coaches have been begging for for a long time, so those one-game uh, weeks, so we could get in uh, up to 17 games, I think. Um, so I, I hope that they can just revisit the schedule and, and, and try and figure something out. Obviously, we're going to have some, a few more trips when you you can't stay overnight, you know, especially, you know, Flathead Glacier, we'll have to take two trips up there instead of one, that sort of thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's a good move. And I guess the, the biggest question is sort of what is the end game? What, what you know, for a lot of us, we're trying to figure out what has to happen uh, for things to kind of go back to normal with our seasons. And I'm not sure what that is. And, and I, I know that's a, a question that, everyone across the country is trying to figure out. But, uh, you know, as, as long as, uh, again, I, everything we do is for the kids, and if they get a season, I'm all for that. But I can tell you, as a volleyball parent, my daughter uh, plays for Capital on the JV team at Capital, and uh, I've seen parents doing anything and everything for the kids to have a season. Um, they're wearing their masks. They're, they're staying six feet away. So I think the – the lion's share of, of parents in Helena and across the state are doing anything and every, everything there for their kids. I know there's some examples of those that are not, but I, but I do think it's uh, certainly the minority, and, and hopefully that continues to improve. Have you started learning how to coach with a mask on? <laughs> you know, we, we've had a few discussions on that, that if that would be possible for me. And, and uh, you know, quite a few people came back and thought it would be a big improvement. So, um <laughs> You know, I, I maybe instead of taking the sport coat off this year, my, I get a throwing mask at some point. I don't Ooh. know. But uh, at least my facial expressions will be hidden to most. Well, yeah, uh, you just can't roll your eyes. You, that's still not yeah. covered. Yeah, so I, I, I tend to, as you know, tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve a bit. <laughs> so masks may not be all that bad. Guy Holmquist joining us here, Jason Walker Show on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Um, it, it, you've had some open gyms, and it's different because – these fall sports athletes can't do anything until their sports season's done as far as open gyms for basketball. Um, but this, how tough has that been and how many kids are showing up? Yeah, I, I think everybody understands why we're doing that because we're trying to protect the kids that are having seasons right now. Um, we certainly just be, have an open gym. We don't want to put uh, anyone in jeopardy of having kids miss uh, because we had an open gym. So, uh, we had an open gym the last week, first one, and uh, we had 17 kids, you know. We probably had only missing probably two or three kids that were that could have been there that weren't. So uh, the kids are anxious to do anything, of course, yep. and to get in there and play. And, and then we've tried to find some time uh, to get them in and shoot uh, as well. And they've had it during the school week. We've had to have them come in along with their cohort. So, they can come in on days they're in school, and they're, if they're not in school that day, they can't. So certainly uh, some different challenges that none of us could have ever expected to have to deal with. But, uh, again, you always say that these kids are awful resilient and oftentimes more resilient than adults. So uh, I've been impressed by the kids, and I think everyone understands, you know, uh, why we're trying to limit the time together, and, and uh, it, it's for the right reason. And with that, 
you know, there's certain things that you can do in open gyms or even once you get to practice in December, coaches, you know, like volleyball, how, how are, I mean, you can't really run some plays because you have to change the ball out. The shooters can't, I mean, how, how is it, how is it going to be affected because of the certain rules? Well, we, we did some of this stuff uh, during the summer, uh, during open gyms and, and some of the you know, practices we had. So when you're playing live, um, the action can go. And then, you know, when there's a stop in action, you usually change out the ball and, and wipe it down. And uh, during open gyms, everybody shoots. You try and keep them separated a little bit. During the summers, we separated them into two groups, uh, an older group and a younger group, just in case there was something that happened. Um, we wouldn't have to have everybody quarantined. So you'll continue to do stuff like that. You're going to keep the freshmen away from the JV varsity. The sophomore are going to be separate. You're going to, you know, do all the same things that really we've been doing since mid June. And, and of course, uh, we've been, you know, I, I think pretty successful at mm-hmm. it. Guy Almquist, our guest here, Jason Walker show. Um, we, you and I have talked on the record and, you know, off the, re- off the air before about this, but, you know, having kids get a break between fall sports and winter sports, it's sad that it took this to happen, but that'll be a nice break for up to a month, really, for the, some of these kids if they don't go far in the playoffs. Um, a lot of these football guys that are going to be ended up playing, or and volleyball that play both uh, basketball too, um, or wrestle, but this is, a, it'll be nice to have a break. Yeah, I, I've been uh, somewhat of a lonely voice on that we've taken some votes and I've been on the minority, but I, I absolutely don't think we should start till after Thanksgiving. Uh, I think it's kind of a, a crime and, and someone as a parent of a kid, I've seen it now just how hard that is from going from one sport to the next and not having a break physically, but even maybe more so mentally. Right. Um, and these kids, I, I hope that something that comes out of this is if moving it back is that we, when we do go back to normal, if that is such a thing, um, that we don't start the next season for our athletes plus Thanksgiving. I just, I, I think again, if we're truly doing what we can to help these kids, let them have Thanksgiving, let them have rest, let them be with their families, and then we'll have tryouts afterwards. So uh, I don't have any issue with that, and I hope that's how it is when we come back uh, next year. I like that idea. Uh, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a little bit here to pontificate about the Lakers winning a championship. I'm a Lakers guy, but I'm not. This isn't. I, I don't know if it, it means as much as the previous sixteen because of the way it was all done. Yeah. And I'm not a LeBron guy either, so I'm I'm not a huge LeBron guy either. I don't I don't dislike him. I certainly can appreciate um, what he does on the basketball court, and, and uh, I but I definitely a huge Laker fan. But I gotta say, it did a little bit of a hollow feeling. Uh, I'm certainly glad they won, and, and uh, it was nice to see uh, AD get championship and. Mm-hmm. Just the thought of us tying the Celtics with 17, that, that kind of warms my heart a little bit. So uh, that's probably the best part about it. But, yeah, strange strange deal with uh, the bubble and um, obviously a successful thing that the NBA did. It's a little bit easier to do it with uh, NBA than it is, you know, baseball and NFL as they're finding. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm glad they're able to have the season. I'm glad the Lakers are now officially tied with the Celtics. And uh, we'll see what goes in there. Coach, we appreciate the time as always, and uh, we'll check in once the uh, practices get going. But I appreciate you being able to join us on short notice. All right. Sounds good, Jason. That is Guy Almquist joining us, the uh, Capital Boys coach on the uh, Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. And uh, get his thoughts. As MHSA comes out today and says, yeah, we're going to have, uh, we're going to push back the seasons. 
And, and, and I think it's a good thing. You heard Coach talk about it. And it's not even, for me, it's not even about the COVID. Really, you know, they want to take that three weeks or whatever for, for COVID-19. For me, it's more of this is a great thing. And like we talked about at the end there with Coach Onquist, these kids get a break. They get a physical break now. They get a mental break. And they're not going straight from football to wrestling or basketball or volleyball to re- you know to wrestling or well sometimes wrestling or basketball. Um, this is good. This is one of the best things that the MHSA has done uh, over the last six or seven months. But there you go. Um, speaking, uh, we'll give uh, we'll get your COVID update uh, coming up. And in fact, let's just do that right now. Uh, Five hundred thirty new cases. 19,611 total confirmed since March, 7,774 active cases, 11,620 recovered, 217 deaths, 294 currently in the hospital. 1,578 Yellowstone County, 1,116 Flathead, I'll give you the double A's, uh, Cascade 619, Gallatin has exploded, 559, 238 in Lewis and Clark, 662, in Missoula County, and there's still 318 again, uh, over 300 Roosevelt County. Not sure what's going on over there. Um, tons of cases across the state. Just you know, 510 in Glacier. Be smart. Be safe. Okay. Wear your mask. Social distance. Okay. I'm not a big guy of the. You know, we have to wear a mask. I, I, look, I, I get it. I said since the beginning, like they can't enforce it, but wear it where you have to. Okay. I, I do, and I'm against it. Just wear it where you have to. It's not that, it's not, I mean, it's really, just don't drive with it for the love of everything. All right. Um, we'll talk more about MHSA's other plans uh, coming up uh, later on, but uh, we're going to take a break and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to Josh Margolis. He's a reporter up in Haver and uh, get his thoughts on what's going on in Hill County because they have 184 active cases and it's doubled, their cases have doubled in the school at uh, Haver High. Um, but we'll talk to Josh when we come back. Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. Hang on. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. 
Call State Farm Agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work, then Give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. Mark LaRoe, photography.com. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Uh, welcome back on a Tuesday, presented by Capital Collision Center inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Appreciate uh, Guy Almquist joining us, talking about the uh, the change of seasons a little bit as uh, MHSA votes to push back the start of winter sports from November 19th practice to December 7th, and now competitions start after the first of the year, which is great. We'll talk more about that coming up. Jim Carr set to join us, an NAI president and CEO as well. But uh, I want to get to our next guest on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. He is, uh, well, he's just a he's a he's a good reporter. I've actually been reading some of his stuff, um, but I'm not surprised at that. Um, but his name is Josh Margolis, and he joins us now here on the Jason Walker Show from Haver. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, glad you could have me on the show, bring up some perspective up here from the High Line. Yeah, it's not very often that uh, we talk, talk to the High Line. Just, I think it's kind of forgotten sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got your uh, new athletics director up there from Helena and uh, Brian Kessler. So um, a lot of connections. I, I like it. But uh, So before we talk about Haver, uh, you work for New Media Broadcasters. Is that, is that, um, is that um, uh, Ron? Yes, it is Ron Bruski's station. Bruski. Yes. Okay, yeah. It's not. I mean, it's not his station. Right. He's a sports guy. <laughs> he is. He is, and uh, he does a great job up there. But uh, Bruski has got some great hair. Uh, are you trying to compete with him, hair wise? Uh, not really. I've done some sugar beater basketball games. I'm hoping. I heard, as you mentioned, the season's getting pushed back a little bit. But hoping to cover some more sugar beater basketball games. Doing some play-by-play. And I like it. Our man Chris Reyes does great with the Haver football play-by-play. Ron Ron handles the uh, Chinook football and Big Sandy when they're in the playoffs. Yep, I like it. I like it. It's a great. You guys got a great job or do a great job up there. Uh, Josh Margolis joining us. Um, all right. So last week I reached out because there was an emergency board meeting at Haver um, because of COVID. Take me through what started it and kind of how it ended. 
Well, it's it's kind of confusing, but I'm, I'll do my best to take you guys through it. They called an emergency board meeting uh, on Friday. They called for it at around probably 9 a.m. The board meet at 4, 3 p.m. to give the public proper notice. Uh, the big issue the superintendent brought up is, I mean, uh, of many things is that busing, you know, staffing issues and getting substitutes in when teachers aren't able to come. And they've changed, they've, they've been in a hybrid format since the start of the school year. And it has worked pretty well up to the last couple of weeks, but they've seen absence rates go up. Uh, and for every student or staff member that gets COVID, you have just throwing a number out there, you know, dozens of ending up being close contacts. Now that would be more if you'd had full-time learning, but um, the emergency meeting was called. The superintendent, from my understanding, because this is a short week uh, with Thursday and Friday educator conferences, mm-hmm. he was hoping that the board would go along with making the this entire week, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, virtual, um, in order to get people out of quarantine and isolation and so that numbers could be back up in terms, terms of attendance um, heading into the back half of the, the fall as we move through the uh, back half of October. It was um, an interesting meeting and five, on two votes of five to three, they voted to continue athletics and make this week still a hybrid learning week. So yesterday was an A day. Today was a B day. Um, and Wednesday was a, it's still a high, it's a services, uh, what a Friday normally would in terms of uh, a remote learning day. And, the big one of big issue, and I feel like why the board might have come to that decision is in part the Harden team, which Haver was playing. They have a home football game on Friday. They were already on their way up to uh, Haver, and so to just call off athletics abruptly and force that team to to head all the way back on that long drive south, I, I feel like some of the board members didn't want to do that, and there weren't there aren't. Have there haven't been any COVID cases among the volleyball or football teams? There was a couple football players, I believe, in quarantine, um, but didn't really affect their team or hasn't to this point. So from there, there's a meeting, uh, an emergency, not an emergency, but a regularly scheduled board meeting tonight. Um, according to the agenda, the superintendent's going to recommend that they remain in their current phase 2B, which is the hybrid learning model. Now, that could change. He's going to present, as he does at the start of his board meetings, numbers on the number of people in isolation and quarantine and all of that um, information that goes along with it. He's also sometimes presented reports from the uh, chief medical director at the Northern Montana Hospital up here. Um, so we'll see what happens. It really could go either way. It's, it's, hard, it's hard in advance to know what's going to happen. But to say that sports are for sure going to go on as continued, I, I think um, – is far from a guarantee at this point, especially since that emergency board meeting, they've reported um, 11 cases uh, in, in the district that have had contact during the period of possible exposure to that have not. And that included nine new cases across the district on, um, on Sunday that were reported uh, five of which, excuse me. Yeah. Five of which were in the, either one of the three elementary schools, two in the middle school, and uh, two in the high school. So okay. should be an interesting board meeting tonight. I, I bet. Um, because Hill County in, in general has exploded 184 cases active today. Uh, nearby, Blaine County with 90, and then you've got uh, Toole County with 164. I mean, there's a lot of cases now up on the High Line that weren't the case, so to speak, 
uh, a month or so ago. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, all those counties you mentioned are in the – the New York Times is a great – they're just basic uh, U.S. COVID page. If you scroll down, they have the uh, hotspots in the U.S. counties with the highest number of cases per capita over the last week. All those counties you mentioned are in the top 40 of over 3,000 counties in the U.S. Tool is actually number one. It does seem like a lot of that outbreak is from the Correctional Center in Shelby. Um, but you can't say that is the case for other counties like Roosevelt, Glacier, Blaine, as you mentioned, and, and Hill, and both reservations here and within 40 miles of us as Rocky Boy and Fort Belknap are currently in uh, 14-day shutdowns. Harlem Public School Board actually held a meeting last night. They, um, they were closed since September 28th after a staff member tested positive, mm-hmm. and it was a spirited Zoom and in-person board meeting. Um, and they, the board voted unanimously five to nothing to resume athletics and hybrid learning, um, starting on Monday once that Fort Belknap lockdown is over. Gotcha. Uh, Josh Margolis, our guest here, Jason Walker show. Um, and this comes, I mean, the reservation, Josh had suggested or requested, I guess they, they, they didn't want sports the rest of the fall season at all. So this is big news that Harlem gets to play some sports again. Right. I mean, it was. It was interesting at the board meeting because it was pretty much the, the superintendent, Doreen, uh, Doreen Warren, and one of the doctors uh, on the incident command team at Fort Belknap, Jennifer Show. It was almost them against everybody else in terms of they were trying to caution people about the dangers of potentially reopening and, and especially playing sports. And uh, But every time someone spoke in favor of reopening, including the athletic uh, activities director up there and the, the wrestling coach, you could hear thunderous applause on, on the Zoom call. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we all want sports to happen, and we all want some sort of normalcy. It's just, it seems like Montana's, you know, what, I think we're third in the country right now in, in active cases per capita or per 100,000. I don't know how they do that, the 52 per 100,000 or whatever that number is, but it's just not good. That's all we know. Yeah, I mean, and the problem is it's cases aren't immediately hospitalized right away, right? I mean, a a few weeks ago, Hill County had was low single digits in hospitalizations, and not only did we were we one case away from a daily county uh, county record yesterday, because the the DPHHS and Hill County report a little bit differently in terms of daily. Hill County goes up to 5 p.m. and then DPHHS is sort of that can include some cases reported in the overnight. Um, but one one away from a daily record for new cases with 33, which if you consider. We're one-tenth the population of Yellowstone County, right? 16,000 people in Hill County, 160,000 in Yellowstone County. So 33 new cases here is the equivalent of 330 new cases in Yellowstone County, to kind of put that in perspective. And our hospitals is not nearly as big. You know, we have, I believe, between four and six ICU beds here at Northern Montana Hospital and about four ventilators. So, I mean, not only did we have those 33 new cases yesterday, but we had four new hospitalizations now of seven currently. Lane County has three. So I, I love sports just as much as anybody. I want sports to go on, but you have to think of things like the hospitals when you consider doing that. And that's why um, Superintendent Mueller over at Haver Public Schools regularly gets updates from the medical director over at Northern Montana Hospital when he uh, sends his recommendations to the board. Sounds like you got some sirens in the background there. Uh, Josh Margolis joining us from Haver, New West broadcaster, reporter, and uh, play-by-play guy. Um, 
it's it's crazy, and you're obviously a lot smarter than me when you were able to put together those numbers of Hill County and, and Yellowstone County. Um, but it's just it's pretty simple, right? I mean, wear your mask and social distance. Like, how hard is that? You know, it shouldn't be that hard, but it's become politicized pretty much everywhere. You uh, Thankfully, when you go, go to places like, you know, Walmart or the IGA here, Gary and Leo's, you see upwards of 80% of people, I'd say, wearing masks. But then there's other places where you, you go walk into the bar or you uh, see an event going on in town, which are not recommended. The, the county health department's continuing not to recommend any events over 50 people. Um, but you see compliance is, is certainly an issue. And mm-hmm. I, I really wish it wasn't. I appreciate earlier before you called, I heard your little thing about masks, even though you don't hundred percent agree with it, you wear it when necessary. And I think that has to be the standard uh, all the way around. Yeah. I, I, it's, 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 it's tough, man. It's, you know, I just take it off while you drive. I just, that bothers me. <laughs> but, right. Unless you're in like an Uber or a Lyft, but we don't have, well, we right. don't have those here. Last, <laughs> I, last I checked, we had one driver. Um, he actually works for Uber and Lyft. Oh, yes. In the county. Nice. In the whole county, not just the city of Haver. Hey, uh, yeah. Josh Margolis, our guest here. All right, let's 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 switch this around. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Uh, you are a Minnesota native, so the weather up there doesn't bother you at all. Um, and really living on the high line is like living in Minnesota. Um, sort of. It's definitely windier here because you've got these Chinook winds coming in from the Rockies. Um, but i definitely used to the cold. I was really, last winter was my first Montana winter. Not as bad as I feared. It was, it was almost pretty equivalent to a Minnesota winter, but I heard it for the most part, it was pretty mild, all things considered. Yes. And, uh, so I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this winter. I'm not, I don't really hate snow except when it comes to driving, but ice, ice is what bothers me. And there's, there's definitely some of that here, just like in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, all right. So you got into broadcasting. You're pretty young. Um, so this is like a, your dream to be in Haver. <laughs> I wouldn't say I would not go that far. This is my first media job out of college. I went to Indiana University. Go Hoosiers. Got a journalism degree there. Did some play-by-play and color for uh, BTN Student U for a bunch of sports over there, um, and got this job, which is some new, well, it was some news. Now it's pretty much all news as I'm the news director. Um, but some sports when I get time, uh, although usually it's just basketball. Well, and, and when, when Brewski's not being selfish. Yeah. I mean, Brewski's <laughs> a selfish guy. You can tell him I said that. I think he, he, he like each other. I'll tell him you said that, but I'm not going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So I, and I, listen, I, I, I lived in box elder for two years and I know you've been to box elder. So I, it's, I, I feel like I can speak about the High Line and speak about Haver. Haver has it. Just nobody knows what it is except the road out of town. Um, but it's actually the history of Haver, if you get a chance to dive into the history of Haver, it's really it's amazing. It's not the prettiest town, but I love the history and I love the people up there. I, I definitely agree with you, and I'd say the museum business is, is one of the big things here in Haver haven't been operated. They've had, you know, some financial struggles recently because of the pandemic, of course, but most of them are still doing tours. Beneath the streets, if you're ever up here, definitely worth a visit. It's not sure if everyone knows the story, but, you know, have a, I guess some, the, the legend goes that um, a patron at a bar, like threw something, I believe, at, at a bartender and caused a fire that burned down most of downtown. 
and there was already like an underground brothel and some other things like underground and they just made that sort of um how they lived for a few for several months while they were rebuilding there was a market down there and a bunch of stuff and it's it's been kept in really great condition to look just like it did back in the early 1900s and that's one thing i've not done is take that tour and i need to for sure but again you got to drive i got to drive to haver to do it but i joke yeah. I, seriously well, i love, we, we I, love haver. I just i like to give them a hard time um all right so what are you expecting josh out of this meeting tonight any anything or no uh, it's hard to say definitively what's going to happen. I would say you can follow me on my Twitter at Margolis News if you want to get real-time updates. I, it, I would have to know the exact the subbing numbers and the, the quarantine isolation where they're at right now to really know for sure. I, if I had to guess what's going to happen, I would think they probably stay in, in 2B hybrid learning for now and see how it goes over the, the next week or so and call an emergency meeting again if necessary. Um, but and I definitely don't see them moving to phase three, which they were looking at about a month ago at the request of some of the board members moving to four to four or five days a week in person. I don't think that's even remotely a possibility anymore. Um, but it's also possible, like I said, they move one or all of the schools in the district back for a period of time to phase one to get people out of isolation and quarantine and make sure things if to go back to phase they're ready to go back to phase two in the near future. So it'll be an interesting board meeting. Um, They've sent a message on their district website. They want the the last meeting had a very unorderly comment process in the zoom chat. There were a lot of people expressing a lot of different views. um, And so they're trying to keep it just to the motions on the table to, to the zoom comments. But I don't think there's a way for them to really enact that. So we'll see how it goes. You can't. So it's like, I guess it's like being a moderator at a debate. Um, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and as the, the board can't mute the Zoom, can they? Um, I, I think they figured out a way. They they can pretty much mute everyone but the board members. Okay. Um, so and they, what they've been doing at recent board meetings, they've just been reading when the, the public comment on the motions, they'll just read them off the chat. Uh, Harlem did it a bit differently yesterday. They let a couple people actually speak. Um, and unmuted them to give them a chance. Gotcha. Um, but they haven't done that yet with Haver. I'm not sure the, the laws on that. If they, you know, school board laws, I don't think they were, they were, they were written probably prior to Zoom. So it's hard to say <laughs> the legality on all this stuff. Probably written before the internet, period. Um, yeah. You're, since you're an Indiana fan or a guy, go Hoosiers, I'll leave you with this note. You ready for this? I, sure. uh, I was in seventh or eighth grade living in Manhattan, Montana, uh, down by Bozeman. And uh, was good friends with a, a guy, and my parents were, and we were at dinner, and he uh, brought over, um, he said, hey, you need to go to the, this, this place for dinner, because there was a celebrity golf tournament in Bozeman, and all these celebrities were going to be there, and I said, okay, cool. And my, we were, I was with my younger brother, my mom and dad were having dinner, and Stu Starner, who used to be the coach of the Montana State, uh, started walking over, and he called me Spud, because I was short, um, I still am, but he called me Spud, like Spud Webb. And he uh, brings this guy over. My dad goes, that's one of the greatest college basketball coaches ever. And I'm like, Stu? And I didn't know who this guy was. And he sits down and he goes, I want to introduce you to Bobby Knight. And Bobby Knight sat at my table. And he goes, you can eat all those fries because they haven't fed me all day. And Bobby Knight ate all my French fries. And uh, it was, that, was, that was my uh, first meeting with Bob Knight. And then I got to interview him right after IU fired him. <laughs> he ate all your fries. Well, 
a couple questions there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he ate all your fries. He ate all my French said? fries. All my French fries off That's my plate. Not pay. surprising at all, right? <laughs> and then well, the thing he said right after that. Um. Oh, that I interviewed him after he got fired at IU. Yeah. Did it go better than it went for uh, Jeremy Schapp? Um, a little, because as long as I didn't talk about IU, we were good. He said hunting and fishing only, and I said done. It was in it was halftime of a Bozeman Hawks uh, like women's basketball game, and uh, it was so it was like a five six minute interview, and that's it. We just talked about hunting and fishing. That's yeah. That's pro- you're probably going to get uh, a lot better answers out of him. And oh yeah. Less less curmudgeon-y in this. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you stay away from basketball? No doubt about. It. Hey, so were you on campus then when he returned, or was there, were you up in Haver last year? Was that I was not, okay. but I had some friends on the beat that were there, and yeah, he started, he first came out at like a baseball game, and so only like the beat reporters that would cover base Bayou baseball too were were taking photos and and getting scoops, but. It was, yeah, it was, it's good to see that there's somewhat of a uh, reunion, I guess. And that that uh, thing they did at halftime, I think, of the Purdue game right. this past year was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, we'll have to chat more about uh, IU and, and Coach Knight and, and, and move forward from that because uh, hopefully we get to talk about actual basketball coming up this uh, this year. We'll do. I know IU, actually, they had their media day today. Oh, kind okay. of sad Sad, I got to. I couldn't catch that. I spent three years on the IU basketball beat. That's always one of the more interesting. I guess I don't know more interesting. You get a lot of canned answers, but it's a good introduction to the start of the season. It definitely is. Um, I got a chance to talk with Dan Dockich one time too. Um, his stories about Bob Knight are fantastic. So I'm sure they are. He's, he's an incredibly polarizing figure himself in he, Bloomington. Oh man, you just just follow his Twitter. Holy cow. Yeah. He's great. Uh, Josh Margolis, you're headed that way. I, I, I feel it. Uh, New West broadcaster, reporter, uh, news director, play-by-play, kind of do it all. New media broadcasters. i got to catch you there. What's New that? media broadcaster. New media, New media. Oh, I'm sorry. Not New West. Okay. And you can read everything on uh, HighlineToday.com. HighlineToday.com. At Margolis News. Um, That's my Twitter. Is Twitter. Yep. So give him a follow. It's a good stuff if you want to stay up to date with what's going on. Up there on the high line. Hey, appreciate the time, my man, and uh, we'll talk soon. No problem. Thanks for giving me a call. That is Josh Margolis joining us from uh, New Media Broadcasters as we uh, we get it right the second time. I look. I I apologize, Ron. I love Ron Bruski up there. Um, he's a great dude. Great dude. All right. Uh, so there you go. There's an update on the high line in lots of cases. Like he said, you go across the board: Glacier, Tool, uh, Hill. Um, Valley. I mean, there's Roosevelt. The, the the cases up on the High Line have just exploded. Phillips County only with, uh, or Blaine County. Um, Valley County, both with 90 and 92. Phillips County, uh, all just 11. Matches their license plate. Malta with 11. Is that, isn't Hill, or Valley, or uh, Phillips County in 11? Malta? I think so. I used to know all the license plates in the county seats back in the day when I was younger. We used to know a lot of mascots, too, but those have all changed. Most of them have gone away. So. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to talk more about MHSA uh, decision. And uh, when we return to, Jim Carr is going to join us, the president and CEO of the NAIA. NCAA is in the news today for trying to um, get the name, image, and likeness passed. Looks like Congress is going to pass its own. But the NAIA did it last week. They passed it. NAIA student-athletes 
can make money off their name, image, and likeness. And we'll talk to Jim Carr when we come back here next on the Jason Walker Show. Stay with us. Fall is officially here, and now is the perfect time to get your rig tuned up before the big hunt. That means a lift kit from Auto Concepts. An Auto Concepts lift kit will help take you places only the animals can go. And when you do get that big one, make sure you have help to get a home with a winch to pull it out. Or maybe you'll be a good friend and help pull someone out of the snowbank. Check out AutoConceptsHelena.com for more ideas. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Jason Walker here, and I want to tell you about a great place that's going to make you feel better in just an hour. Ocean Spirit Massage. From deep tissue to hot stone and more, Ocean Spirit Massage will get your sore, tired muscles feeling like new. Whether you overdid it working out, hiking the hills, playing golf, whatever it is, or even if you're pregnant, you will walk away feeling better than you have in years. Book now for yourself or make it a couple's massage. And gift certificates are always available as well. Visit OceanSpiritMassage.com or call 417-0542. Everyone knows about Dinners Done Right and the convenience of the cook and carry cuisines. It's so easy to just stop by and you have something for dinner that night. But there's also one more thing you need to know about. Dinners Done Right grab-and-go salad bar. Yes, I said salad bar. Always the freshest ingredients, along with a daily soup and nacho bar, too. So the next time you are in a rush or you just want to eat healthy, stop by Dinner's Done Right for the soup, salad, and nacho bar. For monthly menus and more info, it's dinnersdoneright.com. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work, then Give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. Mark LaRoe, photography.com. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Jason Walker Show back, Major Mortgage Man Cave. We are presented by Capital Collision Center. Thanks to uh, Josh Margolis. Uh, you can follow him at Margolis News 
on the Twitter. Uh, good stuff with with ha- with the Haver with the Highline and uh, that was fun. Love reaching out to and getting new people on the show all the time. One guy that uh, we've had on before is the president and CEO of the NAIA, and last week they passed the. Uh, the name, image, and likeness bill, and that means that student athletes at the NAI level can now basically make money on their image and their name, and they can say, "Look, uh, I'm a member of this basketball team, and I can come to your camp." Things like that. But to explain more about it is the president and CEO of the NAI. His name is Jim Carr, great friend of the show, and he joins us now on the Mike Miller Stay Farm Hotline. All right, uh, you and I have talked over the, the last few months about a lot of different things, and uh, this is actually something awesome, something positive to talk about. As uh, the NAIA passed officially, the name, image, likeness, becoming the first um, collegiate uh, program to do this, uh, organization to pass it, and this is big legislation. It is, yeah, we're, we're excited. Our membership got behind doing something that, it gives our student athletes more opportunities to really be treated like like all students, and that is they can they have special talents outside of athletics or even related to their athletic abilities. They can now um, pursue those freely without without restriction. And and really, as, as you know, Jason, for us, most NEI student athletes are not getting full scholarships, so this gives them a chance to earn some some extra money to help pay for the cost of, of higher ed. So it's a, I think it's a win for everybody. How long has this been in the works to get this to where it is now officially passed? Well, specifically this legislation has been about a year in the works, but we really started loosening some of our rules around amateurism and name, image, and likeness um, four or five years ago. And so it's been kind of evolved over time. And this particular legislation really uh, eliminated the few restrictions that were left, mostly around students being able to to, – to point to their association with a particular institution or a team and or a team uh, as they're going out and promoting themselves. So if you're a softball pitcher and you want to get pitching lessons, now you can say, you know, I'm a, I'm a softball pitcher at Carroll College and, and I'm willing to give your, your kids pitching lessons for this amount. And whereas before, they could give the pitching lessons, but they couldn't market themselves as an NAI student athlete. Gotcha. Jim Carr, the NAI president and CEO, joining us. Here on the Jason Walker Show, um, is there any concern about certain players, certain sports making or getting more than others, or is it just because it's a blanket individual? You you do your own thing now. Yeah, you know, I, I think there, you know, when it comes to competition, as you know, whether it's collegiate or even all the way down to youth sports, everybody's always thinking someone else is getting an advantage. So we're hearing from our our more rural schools saying, "Well, this is going to help." schools in Chicago because there are more people who can who would be willing to support student athletes in this way and then the schools in Chicago say well you know we have to compete with the Cubs and the Bears and everybody else so mm-hmm. people don't really pay attention to our schools but if you're in a rural area that's a big deal and therefore the star quarterback can, can get the car dealership or somebody to, to pay more attention to them I, I think in general at the NAI level there'll be you know, some of that going on but I think mostly it's around allowing our students to do things that are mostly away from their, their athletic ability or not necessarily tied to their um, their status as a, as a quarterback or what have you, but just put them on the same level with other institutions, with other students to take advantage of other talent. 
They, NAI students, athletes have always been able to work in the off season or even during a season. Correct. If I'm, if I'm wrong, um, but um, they just haven't been able to, to get paid as an NAI student athlete. Is that the big difference? Like they could work at a, at a, at a gas station or work at a, you know, wherever they just couldn't say, Hey, look, I play football for such and such school. That's right. And, and for the most part, that's, that's true. You know, they, there were, there were some things like we had, you know, some students who were also um, had a, a modeling career on the side or they wrote a, a kid's book or did some things that you would think would be, well, that's no brainer. That's, that has nothing to do with name, image, and likeness or being tied to the institution. But because it, it was, it's really hard to separate completely the promotion of those kinds of things from their association with the institution, a lot of times those would become problematic. Or you know, a more recent example is, uh, we had a young woman who was playing football at Central Methodist, and it was a big deal to Toyota and lots of people. She was the first, I think, non-kicker to play college football, and so Toyota did a commercial with her that ran in the Super Bowl, and we had to really go to great lengths to make sure that they didn't tie her at all to Central Methodist and didn't do certain things so that it wouldn't infringe upon her, her eligibility. Now with the passage of this, all, you know, those things are not, not a problem. Are you worried about people saying the amateurism is gone because they're not getting paid from the university or the institution. They're getting right. paid on their own. I mean, this is, it's still amateurism. Yeah. You know, I, I for me personally, I think the, you know, the, the line in the sand of amateurism is kind of a, when the Olympics did away with it, it's for the most part gone away. I mean, yeah. you know, people, it, to me, it just doesn't, it just doesn't hold up much anymore. I know that the NCAA is still, trying to hold on to some, they're now calling it the collegiate model as opposed to amateurism. And, and there's probably some, some value in that. But for us, uh, it just wasn't worth worrying too much about amateurism anymore. We still have amateurism rules. If you, if you go play professional baseball, you have to get reinstated in the NAI or possible that you can get reinstated. So we're, we're not looking to have, you know, a bunch of minor league professionals who, who drop out of minor league baseball and come into the NAI. But at the same time, um, you know, we want to give everybody an opportunity to get an education and play sports that they love. So we don't want to get you know, hung up on technicalities around those kinds of things. The name image likeness, of course, has been a big deal at the upper level of the NCAA. Um, normally NAI follows NCAA uh, steps as far as, you know, rules and all this stuff. How, how long before the NCAA copies the NAI now? Well, we're we're trying to change that, Jason. We're trying to get them to follow us, and hopefully, <laughs> in this case, they they will for their student athletes. You know, I think in Division Two, they're it looks like they're headed in in this direction. Division One, my view of it is they want to head in this direction, but it's, it's so much more complex, mm-hmm. and there's so much more money involved that I think they're they're going to continue to struggle as to how they how they come at it. Well, congratulations on uh, getting the NIL pass because I know that's a big big thing for student athletes at uh, the NAI level. Jim Carr, the president and CEO of the NAI, joining us here. There was also some news that came out this week. Uh, more schools are being added to the NAI, and I think that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. We had uh, five come in, in in the spring when our council presidents voted, and then we have a second cycle now for memberships. We had three more coming in the fall. Two of them were NCAA members coming back to the NAI, and that's becoming more of a trend, so we're really happy about that. I think there's certainly a place for Division Two and Division Three, but also I think there's there are a number of schools, quite a few schools in, in both of those divisions that uh, belong in the NAI. So we'll continue to get the word out and talk with them and, and hopefully get, get a lot of them back.
is it like recruiting? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> uh, essentially, you know, recruiting slash sales. We're trying to to make sure that that those that we've identified that would, that fit the profile of an NEI school, trying to make sure they understand that the NEI is out there, and then they're interested in further discussions where we talk about the value that the NEI brings. And, and so, yeah, it's a good a little bit of recruiting, a little bit of a, a sales effort. Jim Carr, our guest here at Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. You know I'm going to ask this. Um, now that we have the championship seasons kind of set in the spring, we start working backwards. Um, football schedules are going to start coming out soon. But more importantly, where are we at for basketball? Yeah, you know, we, we made a decision a couple weeks ago to leave the winter calendar as is. Um, we were getting a lot of pressure from our members and others to, to make some decisions. And the, you know, the data and the information we have right now wasn't compelling enough to move off of our current schedule. So we're instructing our schools that, you know, they feel it's safe to do so to, to start their basketball schedule. Some are going to wait and start, you know, closer to the first of the year, but others are starting here pretty soon. And we're going to push for men's basketball to, to be in Kansas City, uh, in the middle of, middle of April, or excuse me, middle of March. We, um, you know, we know that just with COVID, you, you don't know what's going to happen. So we're, we're, looking at alternatives in case we would need to adjust or change, but our, our hope and our belief is that we can we can uh, keep the calendar as it is, so that's the way we're proceeding. And then uh, with football, you know, you look at just the frontier specifically, and um, there's talk of them playing in a bubble, like going to Pocatello and Moscow, Idaho, to play in the domes, at least in February and March when it's cold up here in, in Montana. Right. Are you okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I certainly understand needing to – to find places in the colder climates when, you know, to play football in February and probably in the March. So, um, you know, if they can get creative and do it safely, I think that's great. Um, anything big coming up that we should know about before, uh, ahead of time? Um, you know, we're, we're continuing to look at, at ways to drive value for members and help them figure out the positive impact that, that athletes can have on, on the institution and trying to balance that with just, trying to figure out all things COVID. So uh, nothing uh, you know, nothing quite as big as name, image, and likeness on the radar right now, but I'm sure in the days to come we'll, uh, we'll have some exciting things to, to talk to you about. I look forward to, uh, to it. Uh, you're welcome anytime. NAI President and CEO Jim Carr. Uh, I know we have some teams playing football right now, which is great. Um, I'm part of a media thing on the Twitter that votes on this every week, and it's weird right. to vote on teams that aren't playing because they're not going to play till the spring. Um, but there's still some good football being played right now, especially in the Midwest. Yeah, we have uh, about, about half our conferences, about half of schools um, intended to start in the fall, and it's been with mixed results in some areas. Some a few conferences have had hardly any postponements, and then a couple have had you know 40 to 50 percent postponements. Mm-hmm. But they're they're all still moving forward. And it, as you were talking about, we just had a discussion today about ratings and qualifications and how do you how do you judge a conference that might get in seven or eight games in the fall compared to others who don't start until until January or February? So it's going to be a challenge. It's certainly not going to be perfect, but you know, as we were talking about a little bit off air, you know, at, at some point, most people were just happy to be playing at all, and yeah. then once you get into it, then you get, you get the competitive juices come back out, and people start complaining about the the ratings and how how things are working. But I, my belief is, if we can just allow our student athletes to compete and play, that's that's the first hurdle, and then we'll worry about the competitive side of it and making sure. I'm 
even in good times, you never get a completely level playing field, but, but certainly we want to make it as fair as we possibly can. Well, you guys are doing a pretty good job as it is uh, working through all of this since March, and uh, it's been a, it's been enlightening to chat with you. And uh, I've learned a few things, but congratulations on NA, uh, the uh, NIL getting passed because I know that's a uh, that's a big deal for student athletes, like I said, and and uh, brings them up to par with regular students, and and uh, it's fantastic. So congratulations to you and the board on that. Well, thanks, Jason. It's always great to visit with you as well, and uh, certainly hope I see you. In- Municipal Auditorium come, come March. Man, I'd love to be down in KC, get some barbecue and watch some great basketball. That's right. Sounds good to me, too. Yep. Thanks, you, sir. All right. Take care, Jason. Appreciate it. Jim Carr joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. And NIL is a big, big deal. Um, I know everybody on the NCAA level is freaking out because they're, they're going to get NCAA football, Madden game, whatever back. But I could, I could not care less about the video game as opposed to these student-athletes. Um being able to get a buck or two, you know, like I could, I, like I said, I could sponsor somebody and, and pay them, but got to pay me first. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, if you missed anything today, big, big show, talking with uh, Guy Almquist and Josh Margolis and Jim Carr, you can go to jasonwalkershow.com um, for anything. All right, so here's what MHSA came out and said today. They have uh, delayed the start of winter sports seasons from November 17th to December 7th for practices to begin. And then games and matches for basketball and wrestling now will start at the end, or the beginning of January as opposed to December. So about three-week time difference. And if you missed Guy Onquist earlier, he said, look, he, he's, his gut reaction is he likes this. And uh, you can go back and listen to that, like I said, but, you know, you look at – more than 30 high school football games and volleyball matches have been postponed or canceled right now. Um, and volleyball, like basketball and wrestling, is played indoors. So, you know, it'll be interesting. The schedule's going to be interesting to, to change that a little bit, but um, I like it. I like moving. I like moving it to January. Uh, let's see, volleyball districts and divisionals are still on a scheduled. Uh, Class AA is going to a playoff format like football. Uh, MHSA is still searching for sites. They're not going to have the all-class volleyball tournament at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. Well, they can't, for one. MSU can't host anything, but you can't have that many people around. Um, football, volleyball, soccer allowed six passes for a uniform player, four for each alternate manager, Two for each coach, two for each cheerleader, up to 12. Uh, but that comes into effect of, it's affected by each county's health department. So uh, cross country, which will be run up at Flathead. Is that right? By the way, if we're not having overnights, why is cross country two days long in one city? Question. I have to look into that. Uh, no student sections or bans at postseason events, according to Mark Beckman. Um, swimming. Let's not forget about swimming in the winter too. So, all right. I would think chlorine has a pretty good chance of uh, getting rid of the COVID, but I could be wrong. So, appreciate uh, everybody for joining us today. All right. And if you want to weigh in on this, you can anytime. Email, tweet, Facebook. 
call the show. Um, did I get to everything I wanted to talk about today? Yeah, okay. All right, let's do On This Day in History. It is October the 13th. It is uh, Train Your Brain Day, Yorkshire Pudding Day. Uh, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Day. It is also No Bra Day today. And I'm (laughs) working from home, I'm sure, uh, since March. A lot of ladies have not been wearing their bras, which is they probably love. Um, I know some dudes that should probably be wearing a bra. Uh, It is the Navy's birthday. 1775, the first U.S. Navy forms when the Continental Congress orders construction of a naval fleet. So happy birthday to the Navy. Uh, 1792, Old Farmer's Almanac first published. 1792 as well on this date. The cornerstone laid for the executive mansion later became the White House. 1903, the Boston Americans win the inaugural Baseball World Series, beating the Pittsburgh Pirates in Game 8. For a 5-3 series victory. 1914, the Boston Braves would sweep the Philadelphia A's, the first sweep in World Series history. 1915, the Boston Red Sox would beat the A's in the 12th series. 1960, Pirates uh, Bill Mazeroski's bottom of the ninth leadoff home run would beat the Yankees 10-9, Game 7 of the 57th World Series. This is what it looked and sounded like. That is the only walk-off in Game 7 of a World Series. How about that? Joe Carter had a walk-off, but it was not Game 7. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, let's see. What else is going on on this day in history? Um, where are we at? 1967, the first American Basketball Association game was played. Oakland Oaks beat the Anaheim Amigos 132-129. to 129. The red, white, and blue ball and three-point field goal introduced. 1971, the first World Series night game. 1982, the International Olympic Committee uh, proves the reinstatement of Jim Thorpe's gold medals from the 1912 Olympics. They said he was a pro, they took him away, and then they gave him back, rightfully. 1993, the Mighty Ducks would win their first NHL game. Not Emilio Estevez's Mighty Ducks, but the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Uh, 2019, Simone Biles becomes the most decorated gymnast in history. She wins a record 25th medal at the World Championships at Stuttgart. All right, happy birthdays today. 1931, Eddie Matthews, 512 career home runs. 1938, Maboob Shah, a Pakistani cricketer. Maboob Shah. 1942, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones was born. 1962, Jerry Rice. Sammy Hagar, born on this date in 1947. 1959, Marie Osmond was born, and she still looks good at 61. Kelly Preston was born on this date in 1962. She just passed away over the summer. Uh, One death today, Milton Hershey died in 1945. Yes, that Hershey, from Hershey Chocolate Company. Um, So there you go. All right, let's do this. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. 
Um, the walk-off is brought to you by Cafe Zydeco. Make sure you stop by 625 Euclid in Helena. They're also in Bozeman and Billings, and they're open today uh, through Friday, 11 to 8, Saturday 9 to 3 here in Helena, and breakfast served all day. I did want to get to a couple of quick scores. Uh, the Hellgate girls beat Flathead in the playoffs today 5-1. Gallatin defeats Great Falls High 1-0 for the girls. Uh, the Belgrade or the Bozeman boys also winning two to one over Belgrade. Um, let's see. At the half here in town, Capital Helena boys tied at zero, which would be a scoreless tie. Which would just they're scoreless. There's no score. And uh, also at the half, girls soccer, Helena High girls a one seed, seven nil over Butte, and that's at the half. That's at the half. Uh, and then the Hellgate boys lead one nothing. Um, oh, against Big Sky. So, all right, there you go. Okay. So the Frontier Conference announced its um, basketball preseason players of the year and preseason basketball teams. On the men's side, Zacchaeus Darko Kelly, no surprise, out of Providence is projected to be the player of the year. He is the preseason player of the year, as voted on by coaches. Uh, the other, the all-conference team for the preseason on the men, Sindhu Dialu of Tech, Taylor England of Tech. That kid has just gotten so much better, literally year by year. I love Taylor England uh, playing at Tech. Uh, loved him in high school at Helena High, and he's just gotten so much better at Tech. Jackson Hashley out of Providence. Maceo McCadney from Northern, and Jovan Slavanchanin from Carroll. On the women's side, preseason player of the year, Parker Ezri of Providence. I can't agree with that. Just can't. Uh, put her on the all-conference team, I agree, but I just can't see. Uh, I, but I didn't. I can't vote, so it's all coaches. Uh, and her teammate, Emily Maldonado, also on the uh, preseason all-conference team. And I think Emily was the preseason pick last year. Uh, Chloe Thatcher from Rocky. Can shoot lights out. Uh, Christine Denny, Danny Wagner from Carroll, and then Mesa Williams from Tech. And I've talked about her both on this show and back when I used to do games. I absolutely love Mesa Williams' game. She's a senior now at Tech and has been so steady since her freshman year uh, at a White Sulphur Springs. Love Mesa Williams at Tech, and uh, I can say that I, I said it before when I was associated with Carol, but now that I'm not, um, I love Mesa Williams' game. Love, And she's such a, she's a great girl. Same with Taylor England down at Tech. See, not everything is bad about Tech. And I just learn, hope that people learn how to pronounce Jovan Slavonchanin's name this year. I mean, it's been two years, people. Learn how to pronounce his name. All right, uh, is that it? I think so. Oh, Carroll College. I saw this today in the, in the Helena IR. Carroll College learned of 14 new COVID cases over the weekend. We know at least 10 are associated with sports. Eight positives were previously reported at Carroll. See, here's the thing. I don't think Carroll's being completely honest with its numbers. I really don't. Now, I know a lot of cases in athletics were with student-athletes in the summer. But at least 10 right now. All Everything except cross-country has been shut down. Practices and everything and weight room at Carroll. I 
don't think they're being 100% honest. Just saying. Um, Big Show, had a great time uh, today. So, hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, Guy Onquist, talking uh, basketball and Lakers. We had Josh Margolis from Haver. We had uh, Jim Carr from the NAI. Again, if you missed anything, go to jasonwalkershow.com. Big show tomorrow, too. We're going to talk to one of the football coaches in town. I'm not sure which one yet. One of them. Brittany Jackson will join us. Uh, the Tennessee Lady Vol is back. We talked to her in May. She's got an online auction, proceeds benefiting a scholarship fund in her mom's name, and it's a virtual auction. Unbelievable stuff you can bid on. We will talk to Brittany Jackson tomorrow, right here on the show. If you miss anything, go to jasonwalkershow.com. Appreciate all of our great sponsors. We are presented by Capital Collision Center. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Four o'clock, Brittany Jackson, Jason Walker Show. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy. Enjoy.